You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. We are in a series called Glow and Tell. However, I can't just dive into the message after what uh, we just saw yesterday in that video that you just saw. Absolutely incredible day at Serve Day yesterday. And if you were at Serve Day, would you just make some noise, Lake County Apopka? Is anybody at Serve Day? Isn't that awesome? Man, incredible. Let me just tell you, I, I didn't get a list from uh, Anybody on our staff of what we did? These are just things that I saw. Let me tell you and, uh, what, what I just saw. My wife and I saw several things. I saw you. And this is what I, I, I didn't saw me. I didn't see me doing this. I saw you. I saw you painting. I saw you pouring concrete, fixing windows, fixing porches, replacing rotten wood. I saw you pressure washing. I saw you writing notes to teachers all over the county. I saw you loving on and visiting the elderly. I saw you lay hundreds of bags of mulch at various locations. I saw you paint school playgrounds. I saw you redo a bathroom. I saw you do electrical work. I saw you clean up and landscape the pregnancy center. I saw you landscape pretty much all of Central Florida. Um, I saw you uh, love on people in a free car wash at our Apopka campus. I saw you build fences, repair fences. I saw you make 250 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the homeless. I saw you make tons of meatloaf and meals for our food for life families. You served at schools, assisted living facilities, pregnancy centers. You served uh, elderly, you served widows and anybody and every, everybody between. That's what you did yesterday. This is where you clap, this is where you clap. I mean, on a normal day, I love being your pastor. But I got to tell you, yesterday, as I was going to bed, I told my wife, I feel like the most blessed pastor in the nation. I mean, when you get an army of people that sacrificed a beautiful Florida day to say, we're going to go and love where we live in Jesus' name. I don't know what God's going to do with that, but he's already doing something big, and I love it. One of the, there's so many different stories and, uh, and, and y'all know so many more, but I'll just tell you one story that happened even before yesterday. Someone that's part of Journey, she unfortunately and sadly lost her husband and she's younger. And so this is, this is a new widow in our church, just grieving. And so she's trying to pick up pieces. So we went and, and were able to serve her home. And, and when you register to serve as a volunteer, there's a questionnaire that we ask people to fill out, check boxes, what you're able to do, capable of. And uh, this one person, this gentleman put that he fixes wells. We've never had anybody check a box, I fix wells. It just so happened to be the, this widow said, I have a broken well. And so we were able to match this guy that's like, I don't know if you can use this, I don't know. I just have several hours on a Saturday and this is what I do. And she's like, hey, I have no idea. My husband would care for this. And so they got the well working yesterday. Is that awesome? That's the body of Christ being the body of Christ. And some of us are like, man, we look at our lives. We're like, man, I can't offer the kingdom of God. I can't offer church anything. Only thing I'm good at is this. And God's like, that's exactly what I need. And so don't ever say only, don't ever say this is all. God says, whatever you have to offer, we give it to him. We have five loaves, two fish. We give it to God. He multiplies it to feed the 5,000. That's what happened yesterday. 
We saw 650, over 650 people bring their five loaves and two fish. And God said, oh, giddy up. This is going to be fun. And I love it. Hey, so we're in this series called Glow and Tell. And we're looking at the book of Philippians, which is a a Pauline letter, a letter a guy uh, by the name of Paul wrote to a church in Philippi. And we are concluding it today. We're in chapter four. So there's four chapters in this book. And today we're in chapter four. So I'm going to just start off right at the very beginning. Now, here's the thing. Last week, we got to celebrate. It was awesome. We got to celebrate uh, Tammy, Pastor Tammy Joseph, as the elders ordained her into ministry. Now, this is something that the elders done. Yeah, you clap for that. It's good. Now, here's the thing. This is something that the elders have been walking with uh, Pastor Tammy for over a year. It's not something that I was involved in. I wasn't involved in the process or the timing. And so I had, this is just how God works. So we celebrated that last week. This week, the first three verses of Philippians, you know what it's talking about? Women in ministry. This is what it says. I plead with Udiah and I plead with Sententi to be of the same mind in the Lord. These are two women. He'll unpack that in a minute. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are in the book of life. You see, women played a prominent role in the early church, especially in the church of Philippi. You think, man, well, how did the church of Philippi get started? Well, when you go back and read the book of Acts chapter 16, it started because a woman named Lydia gave her life to Christ. She was a Gentile. She was not Jewish. She was a Gentile. She gave her life to Christ. She was the first Christian convert in Europe. And and at this time, all the churches, they didn't have churches like this. They all started in house churches. Where did the church at Philippi start? Lydia's house. And so churches from this, this, this place, from Philippi, they begin with women in ministry. And Paul's addressing that first thing. And, and what he's addressing is there's actually a conflict between these two women, okay? He's addressing a conflict and it wasn't a small conflict and it wasn't a private conflict. It was a big conflict and it was public. That's why he's addressing it publicly. And we don't know what the conflict was. Well, I, I have a lot of fun guessing. What, was their problem a political debate? Was it a, was it a debate about vaccines? Was one pro-mask and the other anti-mask? Sorry, is this too soon? I'm sorry. I don't know when we're allowed to joke about that. Okay. Here's here's what we don't, we don't know what the problem was. But what we do know is the early church had conflict. The church of today has conflict. And Jesus and Paul and the scriptures, they tell us how to handle conflict. The solution to conflict in the church is unity. And that's what... Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17 that the church, brothers and sisters, would be unified. That's what Paul means when he says to to be of the same mind in the Lord. He's saying to be unified. Now, Journey Christian Church is a Christian church, and we come from the restoration movement. And some of you may not know what that means. and, And basically, we come from this idea of the restoration movement. And there's a line that we've clung to for a while now as a church and as a tribe of churches. And it's this line from St. Augustine. And I love it. In essentials, unity. Non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. So so what it's saying is, is the things that are essential to the gospel, the the pillars, when we have those, we have unity. But in non-essentials, things that are either gray or things that aren't mentioned in the Bible, non-essentials, we give liberty. 
we give freedom. But regardless, in all things, what do we give? We give charity. We give love. Can I just caution us what the church does? And I don't mean journey. Journey's included, but I mean church in America. What we can do is get a personal conviction from God. We take this personal conviction. It's real. It's it's good. And we take our personal conviction and we go and slap it as a command on everybody else. Your personal conviction is just that. It is your personal conviction. I'm not saying a conviction is don't lie. That's for everybody. That's in scripture. I'm talking about a personal conviction and we take that and then we go and slap everybody else with your personal conviction and we consider it a command and it comes off so ugly and judgmental. And what we're saying is in non-essentials, liberty. And also, just to let you know, room this big, church this big, not everybody's at the same stage in their faith as you. Can we please give a little bit of grace to people that aren't as mature as you that want to prove everybody wrong? So what Paul's saying is, is saying protect unity at all costs. We are to be peacekeepers, peacemakers. So the question I have for you today is this, do you see yourself as a threat to the unity of the body of Christ? Or do you see yourself as a protector of the unity of the body of Christ? Between you and God, I know what we'll all say. (laughs) Paul goes on, verse four. This is gonna be a shocker. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. If you've been with us the past three weeks, this is, this is the theme of Philippians. Paul just talks about joy, rejoicing. It's over and over and over. Anytime you have a bad week, a bad week, or a bad day, week, or month, maybe year, go into the book of Philippians. It is just chock full of joy. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. It's not like sometimes. It's not like when life is going good. Don't just rejoice when you get the promotion. Rejoice always in the valley and the mountaintop. I'll say it again, rejoice. When he says this in Philippians 4.4, it's not a suggestion, it's a command. He's not saying, if you feel like it, rejoice. He's saying, no, 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 rejoice in the Lord always. In case you missed it, I'll say it again, rejoice. He goes on in verse six, six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why does he talk about anxiety right after he talks about joy? I think because he knows that anxiety is a joy killer. Anxiety is a joy killer. How do we overcome anxiety? It says through prayer and thanksgiving. Now listen, some of you have clinical medical anxiety. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the the more common one that we have. Some of you, if you have a medical condition, you need to seek medical help. But for, for just the normal everyday anxiety, what Paul's saying is it's through prayer and thanksgiving. Why is that? Because when I come into prayer, what I'm doing is I'm recognizing the presence of God. And when I get in the presence of God, I am overwhelmed with his splendor and my problems just disappear in the background. And so what he's saying is come into the presence of God and don't come all the time with just your problems. Come with thanksgiving. And the more we're thanking God and recognizing the presence of God, I no longer have anxiety. I have surrender. And that's what he's saying. 
He's saying, come. And he's saying, as you do this, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that doesn't even make sense, it's going to fill your heart and mind. Some of you are like, well, how do I get more peace? And Paul's like, hey, my man, like, like it's right here. This is how we get it. Yeah, yeah, but do you have a faster way? You have a different way? Like, nope. You get in the presence of God through prayer and thanksgiving. Story of an angel of death made an announcement, said, I'm going to kill 10,000 people tomorrow. The next day came, 100,000 people died. The day after that, someone came up to the angel of death and complained and said, hey, you lied. You said you were only going to kill 10,000 people, but you killed 100,000 people. The angel of death said, no, I only killed 10,000 people. Worry and fear killed the rest. And that's what worry and fear does, is it destroys us. Sometimes little by little, we don't even notice it, sometimes in greater ways. Don't let worry and fear kill you. I want to tell you, this is, this is a conviction. I'm not making a conviction, a command. I'm going to make conviction just a possible solution for you, okay? If you struggle with anxiety, I would caution you, not saying this is biblical, I just caution you from watching the news or spending too much time on social media. Both of those have been proven to give you, like scientifically proven to give you more and more anxiety, okay? Scientifically, they're proven. The news, just so you know, it feeds off of fear. Like it feeds off politics. And I know some of y'all are so big into politics and, and I think it's great, God puts different, politicians, I don't know if you know this, you go watch, it's, 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 it's politics one-on-one. You don't lead with casting vision and getting people on your vision, you lead with fear. If you don't vote for me, this is what's going to happen. The apocalypse is going to happen. Do you understand? You're not going to have any money. This is nothing unless you vote for me. It's fear, 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 fear. And so I would caution you, if you struggle with anxiety, be careful how much news or social media you allow into your heart, mind, and soul. It's just a caution. Comes with, uh, anytime we're talking about anxiety, I got a little something in here. I don't know if we can get a close-up of this. This is called shock tato. Y'all remember hot potato? Yeah, this is its big brother, okay? So shock tato, I want you to imagine if I gave you this and I said, hey, I just want you to go about your week and at some point in the week, it's gonna shock you, okay? And, and just to give you an idea, um, I have a video. Now, this video, I did not make this video. Actually, I didn't make it at all, and I was not planning on showing this video. It was early in the morning. We just woke up. I don't even know if we had coffee yet. And I started messing with it, and my wife just picked up her video camera or her phone and started recording. And this is, this is it. What are you doing? What are you doing? Me. 
Oh my goodness, about gave me a heart attack. <sighs> I have anxiety about talking to you about anxiety. Like this isn't okay. I got this and, and, and I, I wasn't sure what setting, I, I wasn't sure in the video, I'm like, I'm just figuring out like, does it, maybe it doesn't shock you and, and it does shock you, okay? And I want you to imagine if I gave you this and I said, hey, you have to hold this the entire week, but I don't want you to have anxiety. I want you to have peace. Like, did y'all hear that music? It's from the Twilight Zone. Like, I don't know where, like just the music freaks me out. And the music is stressful. And then at any moment, you know, it could shock you. And that's what our day looks like. Every day we wake up and we, all these different ways. It's like, hey, anxiety come at you in any moment. But then this is what Paul says. And this is what the maker of this says. It says, did you know that there's an off button? Like, like that you could actually hold it and talk about this in peace because there's an off button. And Paul says, did you know there's an off switch to your anxiety? Like you don't have to wake up and live with it. There is an off switch to your anxiety. And you're thinking, man, what's the off switch? I wanna, I wanna hear about that. It's the very next verse. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. He said, there's an off switch to our anxiety. And so this is your homework. I want you to create a list of whatever is lovely to you. Like literally create that list. And then, man, what does that look like, pastor? I'm glad you asked. I got a list. Here's my whatever is lovely. When I think about my family, my anxiety seems to erode and my joy comes up. When I think about my magic, I love the magic. When I think about the magic who are undefeated, we're two and oh. When I think about the magic, man, I get excited. When I, when I think about my worship playlist, I have a worship playlist, like I just get into it, I love it. My joy rises and my anxiety goes away. When I think about my dolphins, yes. It gives me joy. What else? When I think about the word of God or when I get in the word of God, like the word of God, I don't just get in it. The word of God is in me. And when I think about it, my, my anxiety lowers and my, my joy strengthens. When I think about my, my buddies or golfing or here, we got to combine both. When I think about friends or golfing or things I like to do, I get joy. When I think about life change and seeing people uh, get discipled or get changed in Jesus name or get baptized, man, that gives me joy. I love it. I love it. When I think about the beach and surfing with my, my kids or, or the mountains, there's just something about the mountains and the beach. I just, I, I, I get so uh, enamored by God and his beauty. And then, <laughs> listen, when that, when that sign is hot, like when it is on, like when that is on, I, listen, I don't know if you've ever had like the Holy Spirit do this. It happens every time. I don't, it's like I have a Tesla. I don't even drive. My car just goes in to the parking lot. It's just automatic. Like the Holy Spirit has taken it over and, and this gives me joy. And y'all don't need to act like I'm the only one either, okay? Hey, when we can go back to this, this is, this is, this is what we do. When the hot, listen, when the hot, light, uh, the hot sign is on, it's telling the whole community what it's doing. It is glowing 
and telling a story. And this is what you did as a church yesterday. You were glowing to the end. You were radiating the love of Jesus yesterday at survey. Isn't that cool? I love it. I, I, you literally, I, that, <laughs> I know y'all think I'm joking. That, that wasn't a joking list. Like that really is what makes me happy, the things on that list. Go home and write your own list. And then maybe put pictures in your office or on your phone. Like, like put them in your mind, whatever is lovely or admirable, and you'll see your joy go up and your anxiety go down. That's what Paul's saying. Let's keep going to verse 10. He said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. You're like, what is that? What does this mean? Okay, what he's talking about is their financial support. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. You, you renewed your financial support in me. And, and we'll see, he'll unpack that in a minute. Indeed, you were concerned earlier, meaning like I know you wanted to help earlier, but you, you had no opportunity to show it. And I wanna talk about that in a minute. We're gonna circle back to that, 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 that availability to show your concern through financial giving. We're gonna get back to that. Then he goes in verse 12 and 13, he says, because they were giving at one time, they weren't, and then they were again. And this is what he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. What he's saying, he says, I know you missed the opportunity and, and the funds weren't there for whatever reason. He says, but I learned I learned how to manage with a little and I learned how to manage with a lot. That's what he's saying here. You see, contentment is a rare jewel that is priceless. I think contentment might be one of the most underrated characters of a, of a disciple of Jesus. When you see a Christian that is content, boy, that, it is amazing what God does in and through them. I wanna share with you, and there's, there's contentment in every area of our life, right? Like it's not just this one area, but here's a poem from a guy named Jason Lehman. I thought this was good. Maybe you could relate. He said, it was spring, but it was summer that I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall that I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was autumn, but it was winter that I wanted. The beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. I was a child, but it was adulthood that I wanted the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted to be mature and sophisticated. Like, I don't think we were sophisticated in our 30s, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe that was just me and my buddies. I was middle-aged, but it was 30 that I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was the middle age that I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life was over, but I never got what I wanted. You see, I don't know what stage of life you're in, but I love this. It's just saying, God has you right where he wants you. Amen. Don't look behind, don't look ahead. Just enjoy the season of life that he has you. Amen, amen. Paul goes on in verse 15 and 16. He says, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, says when you were new believers, when I set out for Macedonia, 
Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. See, what he's saying is saying, y'all are modeling generosity. Not only are you modeling generosity, it is advancing the kingdom of God through your giving. And then he goes in verse 18 and 19, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. You see what he's saying? He says, I got your gift again and it is more than enough. Thank you. And he said, I want you to know that your gift, your giving is actually an act of worship. You know, we don't just worship on Sunday morning. We worship in all kinds of ways. And he's saying, when you gave, that was an act of worship. That was, he says, it was pleasing to my God. And then he says, God's gonna meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And I love that. Now, I wanna circle back to this idea that they didn't have the opportunity to give. And I hear people from time to time say, Pastor, I'd love to give the church. I just, I just can't. And, and I, don't, I don't doubt that they're, they're strapped financially. And, and I wanna look at this piece of scripture with a financial lens, okay? I wanna look at Philippians four through finances. Because here's what I was, I was studying this, I kinda, it just kinda hit me. He talks about anxiety. Well, when you and I, we have anxiety with our finances, typically what that means is we're worried about the future and what we do is we're not open-handed with money, we're closed-fisted. So when we are anxious about something financially, we tend to hoard. So he talks about anxiety and then he goes from anxiety to being content. And when you and I are not content with what God has given us today, what do we do? We overspend, we upgrade. I know I have this and this is good, but I just saw that and I want that, I need that. We don't ever say I want when we need something, we say I need, that's how we justify it, I need that. I mean, my shoes are old, they gotta be two weeks old, I need a new pair of shoes. And when you and I are not anxious about the future, okay, listen here. When we're not anxious about the future, we're no longer hoarding. And when we're content with what we have, we're no longer overspending. And when we're not hoarding and we're not overspending, you will be available to give and be generous. I'm not suggesting that you would. I'm just saying you have the availability to. And some of you just want the availability and you don't know why. And I would say, maybe you have a hoarding problem. Let me ask you, for those of you that, that have so much money, you're just hoarding and you're just thinking, how much is enough? And is enough ever gonna actually be enough for you or is it always just one more? And some of us, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're just, I always feel like I just need one more upgrade. And so I think one of the things that we learn here is when we are not anxious about the future and we're content, I think you're gonna have enough margin to be a generous person the way God calls us to be. And that's when following Jesus gets fun. And I love that. So just like Paul, Paul asked the church in Philippians and Philippi to partner with him for the expansion of the gospel. I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially so that we get end the year strong. We want to end the year financially strong. And I'll tell you why. This year has been a mile marking year for us at Journey. Maybe you're new, maybe you're newer. 
okay? This has been an incredible year. Let me just walk you through what we've seen God do this year. Uh, our support groups are growing and incredibly life-changing. These are meeting people during some of their most darkest days, are, are rooted in life groups, are building community and discipleship like never before. Our next-gen ministry, which is a birth all the way up through high school and young adults, it's uh, seen growth in almost every way this year. Summer Jam this year saw 500, over 500 kids, over 240 volunteers. That's 20% increase from last year. Our student ministry, Back to School Bash, we saw over 350 students attend our Back to School Bash, which is an increase of 30% from last year. Serve days at an all-time high in participants and places we serve. We do it every spring and fall, so we do it twice a year. Last year, we averaged 442 people that volunteered. This year, we averaged 609. That's an increase of 38%. Isn't that awesome? So cool. This year, we've seen 350, 354 people get baptized. Come on. Come on. 354 people. You're like, hey, that, that's so awesome. But like in comparison, what is, what is a normal year? We don't know what a normal year. It's the most baptisms we've had ever in a year in the history of our church. History. It's actually 25% more than any other year in the history of our church. And we still have two more months to go. 25% more. That's just bananas. We've, we've seen an average attendance on our Sunday weekend worship services grow by hundreds, grew by over 400 people, which is an increase of 22%. Here's what I know after seeing and recognizing those stats. One, for those of you that have given financially, you need to know that God is using your gift to expand the kingdom. And I am so grateful. I love it. And two, here's the second thing that I notice in my seat is the ministry is growing faster than our finances. And so we got to do something. We either got to get our finances to catch up or we got to slow ministry down. And I'm going to just tell you with our staff and volunteers, we ain't slowing down. We are not slowing down. You're like, well, what does that look like? What, what does that mean? Well, I just noticed not long ago, uh, we're baptizing people in black shirts and not our normal baptism shirts. And so I'm like, hey, what are we doing? We're like, well, we ran out of shirts. I said, I know. I thought we solved that problem a couple months ago. I heard about that and gave green light to, to go over budget to buy more shirts. We did. We ran out of those shirts. Like we ran out of the budget that we went over the budget that went over the budget. And so we don't have any more shirts. When you baptize more people in the history of a 54-year-old church, you're going to run out of shirts. It's just what's going to happen. And what we've seen is that happen in every department. Every department, there's been more demand, which is great. And we've been supplying the needs in every single area. And so my prayer is over the next 60 days that we would have an incredible year and in, that our finances would catch up to what God's doing in so many other areas. So Isaiah 32, eight says this, generous people plan to do what is generous. So what I'm asking you to do is, would you prayerfully consider creating a generosity plan. Well, what do you mean by that? Here's what I would say. If you currently don't give, would you consider giving to Journey? If you don't give, would you consider giving to Journey? And by the way, all this, I know we have some new people or some people that are just checking things out, or maybe you've been coming, but you're not all in. This isn't for you. This is for people that are all into the kingdom work, that believe in what we're doing, that are stacking hands. You would say you're a partner, that Journey is your church home. This is for us. 
If you currently don't give, would you consider giving to Journey? If you have given, would you consider giving consistently? If you give consistently, would you consider tithing? Tithing is 10% of our income. This is a biblical benchmark. Tithing isn't a legalistic requirement to get into heaven. Let me, let me say that again. Tithing is not a legalistic requirement to get into heaven. It is a spiritual benchmark of growing followers of Jesus Christ. If you tithe, would you consider giving a special year in gift, maybe your biggest ever to help us continue to advance the gospel? And my prayer is that as you would partner with us, we are passionate to continue to reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting and develop leaders for ministry because this is why. I believe this has been a great year. I, I, I truly believe all my heart, but I also believe, I think God's just getting started. I really believe, it. I think God's just getting started at Journey in Central Florida. And so my prayer is that like Paul, like Paul, listen, we've, we've, we can learn to live off of little and we can learn to live off of a lot. Like, like we know how to be content, but financial partners are the fuel that help us reach just one more person. And that's our heart. We're not gonna slow down. We're not gonna settle down. We're gonna do anything we can to reach people far from Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, let me pray for us. God, we thank you. God, I don't have any money and neither do all of our friends. You have all the money. It's all yours. It's not ours, it's yours. And God, I pray right now, God, would you continue to fund what it is you're doing? We thank you for what you're doing. God, I'm just blown away by days like yesterday. Just incredible what you're doing in and through journey. I love it. And God, I know when, when some people hear finances, it allows their heart to get a little harder and their mind to drift. Would you protect us from that? Because this is not something we get to do or have to do. It's something we get to do. So God, this is not a chore. We give joyfully. God, I pray for the person that is financially strapped and I know the economy. God, would you would you breathe life into them, whether it's through a promotion, whether it's through some other area? God, would you relieve stress points in their life so that we can be more freed up to be generous the way you've called us to? So God, we love you. God, we long for more days like yesterday. We thank you for them. God, I pray that you bless people in Lake County, Popka Online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.